I'm Jody Whites, Results and Success Coach, and these podcasts teach you how to make significant changes to live your dreams, make a positive impact on the world, and drop your regrets. It's time for you to get spectacular. Welcome back to Your Spectacular Life. I'm Jody White, your professional and life coach, making sure everything in your life is nothing short of spectacular. On my program today, I have Uzair Ahmed. Hello, Uzair. Hello, how you doing? I'm doing great. Let me tell you a little bit about Uzair, and then we'll get started. He's got quite an interesting story. Uzair Ahmed is a solutions consultant at Cottonwood Automation, a home service business, process automation, and outsourcing firm. Previously, Uzair found an Instamec, an on-demand mechanics service that he successfully scaled and led into a multi-million dollar venture investment. Uzair has a unique perspective on how automation can drive growth while maintaining the human touch. With over 10 years of experience in sales, operation, and technology, he has has a proven track record of building and scaling, delivering results of raising seven-figure funding and multi-million business. All right, Uzair, that is quite a track record. Now, um, you uh, have been business-minded for so long. You've already built one successful business. You're, you're, it appears you'd love to scale. Have you always been interested in growing businesses? Um, not really. Not gonna lie to you. Um, I've never really considered myself to be a businessman. I just kind of like stumbled upon it. I started working as an engineer and then I realized early on in my career that it was too easy. So I wanted to challenge myself <laughs> and, and do something tougher because I felt like it was I was too young to have an easy job. Too young to have an easy job engineering. Yeah. And that would be coding, is that correct? No, it was more to do with uh, process engineering. So okay. it was in like you know, it was a more of an oil field related job. So we would work with plants, uh, sag, water cleaning operations, steam generation, things like that. And it was too easy of a job. So I wanted to work on something tougher. And I thought that the best way to do that would be through business. It was meant to be a form of self growth, a vehicle for self growth. And I just, I'm now stuck in it. (laughs) Stuck or passionately stuck? (laughs) They're two of the same things, aren't they? Yeah. (laughs) They are. I mean, we love what we do. And uh, yeah, but, you know, business, I think, has the most opportunity for us to brainstorm and be creative and be paid for it. Would you agree with that? I would, yeah. It's got a lot of extreme outcomes. Yeah, and and tell me what you mean by extreme outcomes. 
I mean, like it it's hard with business. It's it's tougher to stay somewhere in the middle. You're either gonna barely scrape by or you're gonna make a lot of money. But it's 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 the, the middle is a very hard place to be, I find. Okay. Because especially at that one to two million dollar mark where you're not really self-employed anymore, you have too much work to and you you can't do all the work yourself. And you're at the point where you need to start scaling up. So your cash flow goes down as you hire people. So it depends on where you are. So the middle is tough, but once you get to like four or five million dollars a year, depending on your business, it becomes easier. And then if you're at like 500 or below or something along those lines, you can be a sole proprietor, which is which is tough, but it's just a, it's not really a death zone per se. Right, right. You're not, you know, it sounds like you're 500 and below, you're not really scaling. And when you bring on people, then you can really start to grow. Yeah. But on the other hand, you've, you've got to pay salaries, and your overhead goes up that much more. Exactly. And that's why it's like, you don't want to be in the middle. Right, right. And and were you in ever in the middle and decided to get out of a particular job? No, I, I was in the middle for a long time. That, that's why I'm telling you. Uzair, it sounds like you found yourself in the middle. What did you do? Put our head down and grinded it out. I, that's I, It's actually the only answer that I have because... <laughs> Like I'm thinking back at it, it was it was rough. I had no idea what I was doing. I was just trying different things and hope I got out of it. So it's a combination of like just trying and getting lucky. But I also had the personality of never quitting on anything either. So even though I wanted to quit so many times, I just never did. That's great. Where where does that come from? Where does that that I'm gonna stick it out, I'm gonna work hard? I don't know. It's just, I, I don't think it's a good trait to have. <laughs> Not a good trait. <laughs> sometimes you want to be cutting your losses quickly and moving on and finding out. And then sometimes you hear about stories that go the other way, right? But um, for me, it was like, until I run out of money, I'm not quitting. Okay. I'm, I'm going until I run out of money. Okay. And, and what is, you know, we're going to talk about your business um, cottonwood automation. All right. Um, and you are a consultant there. What in, is this your own business or are you working with a couple founders? Um, this is right now my own business. Okay. And uh, I have a few partners in it as well. So we, we're a team. And what we do is we work with home service or small businesses in general, small to medium sized businesses. And we help them run their businesses more efficiently and effectively using a combination of the right systems and processes, the right technology, and artificial intelligence. And then we combine it all together. And, and we also use um, outsourcing as well, so finding global talent. And we leverage all of that to make businesses easier to run, but way more profitable. Boy, that sounds great. It sounds like you've got really for the you know solopreneur or entrepreneur who has a small staff that you really do scale them because you've got you've got talent you've got systems in place and um you know you've got the ai to really work with that yeah. um, now tell me how you know how you found yourself from past businesses moving into this business how you put all these 
puzzle pieces together? Well, it was exactly how I solved my previous business's problems. So I scaled up. So everything that I did to scale that business and make it profitable and easy to run is what I'm teaching others how to do. So I, it's a problem that I solved for myself. And I have spent so much time figuring it out where now the business runs and it continues to grow and I spend no time on it at all to the point where it's actually alarming. And now I'm trying to help others get to the same point. That's great. Um, tell me a little bit about, um, you know, what you look for when you scale and let's start with systems in place first. Yeah. What are you doing in that area? So with systems in place, I need to understand, first of all, who's on your team and what are their roles? And we got to define roles and responsibilities. And then we have to figure out what the numbers are. So a lot of people just look at the revenue and profit, but they don't understand what drives revenue and profit. So we have to figure out what numbers are we looking at for the business, That what numbers actually matter. And then we need processes, processes that, that create that, that you can take inputs and create the outputs that will adjust those numbers. And give that me an example of, give me a quick example of input and outputs. Uh, an input could be number of leads and a times conversion rate, right? So right. how many leads are you getting on a particular day? And then if your leads are low, then you have to pull the right levers. And what are levers? It can be different processes to understand how do I increase those leads? Could it be something to do with your Google ads, your Facebook ads, your marketing, or let's say your conversion rate is low. Do we need to change our script? Do we need to change our sales process? Those are things that you you find out where the problems are, right? But unless you know how your business runs, how the machine runs, it's hard to fix it when problems arise. Right, right. That That's great. And then um, how do you feed that into AI? Give an example that you just gave. How would AI be the third, you know, third part of your process in helping businesses? With AI, what you can do is you can use it as a sounding board to help you come with ideas or teach you how to implement it. But reality is that it just depends on your use case, right? So for example, let's say we built our systems and our processes and our entire company's knowledge base, right? And you have a new hire. The, the toughest part of dealing with new hires is all the questions and training they have to do with you. But what you could do is you could create a little chat, a, a little bot where the new hire can ask it any questions it wants. And instead of asking you those questions, it talks to the, the bot and the bot has all your company's information in it. And you can talk to that bot and it can teach the new hire everything you need to know. Or even for you as a business owner, let's say you have all your systems and let's say you have all your numbers plugged in and you have like different apps that feed into a vector database and you can ask it questions like, how are my numbers looking this month? How are my numbers trending? What's going on with this project? What's going on with that project? And instead of asking individual people that you can just talk to a robot and ask and tell you everything about your business. Boy, that's great. And I imagine it saves a lot of time as well yeah. of those individuals. And how do you get around needing that personal interaction? I mean, where would that come in, let's say, for the culture piece 
of a company that that somebody wants to learn, you know, what is the culture? Who would I go to if the bot won't answer these questions? How do you how do you figure that out? Well, that's less of an AI problem and more of a human problem, right? So that depends on the CEO and the owner. The owner's and the CEO's job in a business is really culture. So they're the ones that have to make sure they're they're enforcing that culture and the way they do things. Because we all just look up to them, right? right? And if they're the ones that are facilitating conversations between staff, then people are going to talk. But if they're not, they're gonna there's going to be a disconnect. Yeah, absolutely. And do you help with building culture or? It's hard to automate culture. Culture is the DNA. You want to keep, that's what I mean by keeping that human touch. If you try to automate culture, what are you doing really? There's no (laughs) touch to your business. You're just like, you're not, that's not something you automate, right? Right. Kind of an oxymoron, right? Yeah. AI, exactly. and we have an AI culture. Well, you may have one where you use AI, but you got to go beyond that. So, yeah. you know, um, we're talking about workflow automation for home service companies. Um, can you tell me a little bit about home service companies? So home service companies are like plumbing, HVAC electrical companies, but there's a mistake with that. It shouldn't say home service. I work with all businesses. I do have a lot of personal coaches that I work with, financial advisors, solopreneurs and entrepreneurs. And I've I've developed a scale of businesses that I work with now. Um, So they normally have the same problems, but with home services, you just have more complicated problems than you would with say, for example, a a coach or a solopreneur. Because with home services, you got you got a team, you've got inventory, you've got yeah. to deal with customer complaints, leads. There's a whole structure involved, right? Um, with solopreneurs, it can be easier because normally it's a one or a handful of people, and there's no inventory. Right, right. That's what came to my mind: is how do you handle the inventory? What gets used? The scheduling, um, the the client experience, etc. Exactly. Which yeah, still yeah. coaches need, but yeah, it sounds like the more moving parts, the the more the more you have to think about what's going on. And the I'm it, it sounds like you're building a database or a knowledge base where everything goes into, and and that's one positive part but then yeah it it expands when you're dealing with all these other pieces is that right yeah a lot of businesses are the same like they're saying all businesses taste like chicken <laughs> they're all the same at the end of the day. what does what does that mean you it just go- means that like you know everyone tries to act like or think that their business is different but at the end of the day it's all the same you know money needs to come in there needs to be something, a, a revenue generating machine. There needs to be a profit that comes out and a delivery of the service and making sure that people are paid and a profit is generated. And sometimes a profit doesn't have to be generated, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's, yeah. they're all like, they all have like people. They all need to follow processes. There needs to be a reason for that business to exist and it needs to have money. Like this, that's what I mean by that. I got that. That's great. I thought, uh, you know, put a little barbecue sauce on one, you know, a little fried on the other. Yeah, We do need to differentiate. I think that that helps in the branding, but, but I love at its very base businesses have to succeed and there are 
there are things that feed into that business. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that, um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So in building Cottonwood and how old is the business? How long have you been building it? Been for a year now. Okay. A bit so over a year. What challenges have you run into with a, a deep understanding of all these pieces that need to be successful? So the biggest challenges that I've run into the businesses that I work with is a lot of people come to me with automation or they need someone to, they want to do, need help with outsourcing, like finding remote staff. And it always just comes down to their systems in place. I spend so much more time building out systems and helping them out with their SOPs and building that foundation for their business versus the problems that they think they have, which is they're like, oh, I need to get more work. I need more leads. Yeah. I need to automate this particular process. But I'm like, do you really need to automate that process? Does that process even need to be there? And then people start having those, people start questioning it, right? So it becomes like a, a full on, here's how to run this business kind of experience. Right. I, I would say that's very positive because, you know, um, I, again, with the, the clients in businesses that I coach, there is a lot of um, clarifying and prioritizing and really understanding the foundations of the business and the mission. You know, there's all these other factors that haven't been figured out that you've got to figure out and then everybody will be on the same yeah. page and you can have processes again written up talked about and then you can put a layer of automation on top if they need that but everybody mm -hmm. needs to understand the direction of where the company is going is is mm -hmm. that what you have found when working with these companies yeah and i find that a lot of people don't think it's important yeah but it is. It's easier to forget that because you're, you need to get more sales and you get revenue in the door. But unless you are looking at what you're doing business for in a regular basis, it's a, it's easy to lose track of that. Right. And it makes well, everything harder. You know, it does. It definitely does. So let's say, you know, again, it sounds like we work with common clients, but um, and they just want to move forward. They want to just move forward and, and kind yeah. of, oh, we'll figure out that stuff later on. How do you convince them? Okay, we've got to, you know, put some brakes on here, put some brackets around this area. Yes, mm -hmm. we will get to that. But how do you convince them that you do need to figure out direction, clarity, mission, etc.? I try to find a balance. I try to make it so that, you know, ROI is important. So I understand like why they want to get their ROI as fast as they can. So normally I start off with a project with the highest ROI to show them that, yeah. So I do a lot of, then I'll work on their sales and marketing side, trying to get that ROI first. Then I say like, hey, we've done enough ROI stuff. Now we have to start focusing on this because it's getting too confusing. So I, I do cave in at the start because okay. I understand as a consultant, every business transaction needs an ROI. So I like to come in and try to get as much money through the door as I can. And then we work on, so that just, it satisfies that need of like, oh, I'm spending money on this consultant here. Right. But when right. they satisfy that need, I'm pretty much paying for myself. I'm like, hey, now let's work on the important stuff. That's a great strategy. 
Yeah. yeah. So they see your worth. They see that you can, you know, bring revenue in the door and, and now they're relaxed a little bit. Yeah. And, and you build trust as well in that client that, mm-hmm. all right, let, let's start doing this. It will matter in your future, et cetera. That's great. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, um, what I heard in there is ROI, um, but also marketing is really important. How do you approach, uh, these small businesses or medium sized businesses with, with marketing, what's uh, what's important for a business to have to get their name out? Because that's part of the ROI equation. You know, the most that's the most expensive part of the ROI equation. The cheapest part of the ROI equation is just increase your conversion rate. Make sure you follow up. Make sure you pick up the phone quickly. Respond back to leads. Get get on the ball fast. So I find that a lot of companies think that they're doing a good job, but they're not. And I like to make sure that we set up automations to respond back to leads within the first few minutes nice. with a phone call or some sort of automatic message. Make sure you don't miss leads. Make sure you follow up on leads properly. Just do, and then figure out the sales process to convert them because that doesn't cost you anything, right? Right. But it can make you a lot more money than being like, hey, I need more leads. Let me go buy some Google ads. Let me buy some Facebook ads. Everyone thinks of that as the first thing, but I'm like, Unless you're at absolute zero, let's focus on increasing that conversion rate. That's a, and that's such a practical solution. You know, are you getting back to prospects in a timely manner? Yeah. And, and what are you, you know, practicing on that sales conversion? Exactly. Finding pain points and how do you convert pain points to a client? That's that's exactly it. Yeah, which is great. Um, so also, um, you know, I'm I'm reading about you and I'm seeing crypto. So where does that play into this whole business model? It's it's completely irrelevant. I, I just think that there's a great opportunity there for long term results, and it's an inefficient market. Well, it's a relatively inefficient market, so there's a lot of opportunity in there, and. I want to be part of that before because it, it, it's a it's a very uh, it's got I th- I think that it's got a very good risk reward ratio mm. because Lovely. it can go up a lot. It's got a lot of potential, but the downside isn't that much. It might go down fifty percent, but it could go up five to six x, and without having to do anything special. Like if you just bought the majors, you will do well. You know, you don't have to spend too much time in it, and. Yeah. If you don't, you lose 50%. Big deal. (laughs) Stocks go down 50% all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, if we're looking at 50%, which I went gulp, um, and we know it has, um, but if if it does have the opportunity to go 3x, then you're really losing just, you know, you're gaining 2.5x instead of likely going to go like 5x, most likely. And what so are the just, majors? I mean, you said, ah, oh, the majors. Just Bitcoin and Ethereum, those two. They they could pull a 5X from here for all we know. And that's um, a pretty good bet to me. So I just think that. And I, I think that um, because when it comes to looking at stocks, looking at individual stocks is a lot 
it's a lot more difficult than just buying an index fund like they recommend. But index funds don't go up that much. But yeah. they can go down 50%, but the chances of them going up 5x in the next few years is low. But Bitcoin serves as like an index fund for the whole crypto market. And that going up 5x in the next four to five years is a reasonable bet. And so Ethereum is Ethereum is is like an index fund, but it it holds it's the same, whole yeah. whole market, or is that what we're comparing it it's to? It's the same idea. So yeah. that's what I mean by the majors. You can go half and half. Um, but it's the same idea. And I've I've been in this space for a while now and like it's it's got a bad reputation, and that's fine for me because by the time everything is clean and all the regulations are in place and everything is good to go, I'll get bored of it because now <laughs> the now it's the risk the the risk is where the reward is, right? Yeah, yeah. It, the risk is definitely more risk at this moment, yeah. right? And so that's, it can go definitely up. Exactly right. So that's for me. I'm like you know a lot of people want to fight the trend, but I'm like, the trend is pretty good for a long time. So I'm just going to stick with it. Great. Well, they, I love that insight from a crypto <laughs> investor. <laughs> That's great. So getting back to Cottonwood, um, what, what would be a goal of yours a year from now or two, three years? A good goal for me would be, I want to scale up uh, my business. Like, I think I can do about I'm only taking on five clients at a time right now, and I'm completely maxed out. So I want to get my business to the point where I can take on 25 to 35 clients at a time. So that's going to mean I'm going to hire more consultants, build systems, and get all that stuff going. So that's where I want to be. I want to be in a situation where I'm not turning, like I want to be in a situation where I can handle more work without lowering quality. And I think I could 5X that in a year. Great. And, and are you looking at um, leveraging that with some outsourcing, you know, globally? Yeah, I'm going to use my, I'm going to uh, smoke my own stash, as they say. <laughs> Meaning you're going to use your own methods and solutions oh, yeah. <laughs> for your own business. <laughs> Translate it as. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> we got no that that's great. And uh that uh yeah. And you know, when you use it for yourself, um, you know, I've used uh, you know, outsourcing and NVAs, you really get to know who's good and who's who's not good and who you're yeah. gonna recommend in a particular situation for mm -hmm. different clients so it's almost like you're 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 in a uh, trial situation with some of these folks 100% yeah yeah it's a good way to to move through things yeah, yeah. all right um well is there um how can people get in touch with you if they are interested in um you know, using your services. For sure. Yeah. So if anybody wants to get in touch with me, they can uh, go on my website, www.cottonwoodautomation.com. So C-O-T-T-O-N, automation.com. And I do have a AI prompt guide that I give to people where I spend a ton of money and time figuring out how to use chat GPT the right way with the right prompts. And I give that for free. So if people email me at Uzair, my first name, U-Z-A-I-R, at cottonwoodautomation.com, 
I can send that guide as well so they can just see what's possible with chat GPT. Great. Boy, we're all we're all looking for ways to uh uh to use our prompts most effectively. That's great. 100%. It's it's yeah. a, it's, a, it's like Harry Potter, right? <laughs> you have the wand, but if you know how to use the wand best, you become a better wizard. Right. I love that. I love that. I'm a fan. So once again, email is Uzair, U-Z-A-I-R at uh, cottonwoodautomations.com. Yep. Is that great? So we all we all want those tricks and tips <laughs> with the wand, folks. <laughs> 100, 100%. Uh, yeah. Uzair, thank you so much for coming, um, spending time with us and um, and our listeners. I found it really interesting. And I want to thank you for your time and wish you luck on that um, that goal of 5xing getting in those 30 to 35 clients and beyond in a year thank you thank, yeah. thanks for having me it was great oh, my pleasure and it, it really sounds if like if anybody can do it you can do it <laughs> for sure all right you take great. care then okay bye bye I'm so grateful that you've listened to the end of this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review it, and share it with your friends. I love teaching insights so that you can have a more impactful and meaningful life. It's my mission to build a thriving community of happy, fulfilled people. Want more? Visit my website at yourspectacularlife.com dot com.